Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I am your host, Eddie the Axe Jefferson, and joining me this week, podcast host of the loudest podcast. That's, we'll find out if that's true or not. Asterios Coconos, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing all right. Uh, I can't be super loud right now because it's 11 p.m. on a Sunday <laughs> night. Um, but I appreciate you making the, working off hours and making the time to talk to me. Hi, right, man. There's no hours around here. We're in a pandemic, okay? Everybody's, everything's topsy-turvy now. I guess that's true. I mean, I, I think that's why, like, podcasts are so awesome because you can just chill like we're just gonna chill out and talk about horror for an hour like this is gonna be great yeah absolutely man and, and i'll tell you one thing that's really nice is it's a lot easier to get guests when everybody's locked up <laughs> yup to- yeah totally i mean because like uh i mean there are so many really cool people right now that are doing zero i'm sure like uh i mean it's just nice to talk to somebody I guess if you think I mean, if you think about it like that, it's just like, hey, not bad. All right, I'll talk to somebody. Sure. Yeah, it really is. And like, I don't know how you're holding up with with everything that's going on, but but some of the people out there, you know, are kind of just stuck at home alone, and maybe just hearing voices and, and a conversation in your head while you while you stare at the wall. Maybe that helps a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, all I do is listen to podcasts these days like podcasts they it's anytime i have like a chore to do or mm-hmm. if i'm on a long subway ride i mean it's just it is my absolute favorite medium uh so i'm yeah i'm excited to talk that's great so what, what are some of the podcasts you're listening to now um i listen to a lot of dungeons dragon style podcasts oh, because really? it's kind of like a you know it's it's like the new game show like you watch the gate, you know. You watch a game show because it's kind of like you're playing along too. Like, hey, do I know the answer to these Jeopardy questions? Like, can I figure out this puzzle before the whoever on Wheel of Fortune? And it's the same thing with D and D podcasts. I'm like, well, how would I beat this monster? Like, how would I solve this puzzle? You know, if I were playing this character, like, what would I do? And then you hear these people like level up, and like you kind of feel like you're leveling up too. And like, and like, you know, you hear these people casting cool spells, and you're like, oh, it's it's interesting. It's it's like it makes you feel like you're right there. Yeah, I used to listen to a few D and D podcasts. I kind of fell off of them recently, but. I mean, not for any particular reason. It's funny. I've actually been a DM for, for years. And, and being a DM for Dungeons & Dragons, I think it's kind of the closest I'll ever come to understanding how an attractive woman feels. <laughs> because like, you, you walk into the store, to the nerd store, right? And you, you grab the Dungeon Master's Guide or a Monster Manual, and immediately some ears like perk up. And, oh, you... Oh, you, you DM? Do you have any do you have any games going on right now? Yes, <laughs> I know exactly. You, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're very popular and very in demand. Like I, like DMing is just too complicated for me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I get it. I know there are people that like fake all the numbers. They don't care about HP. Blah blah blah. Right. Still, it's just like it's weird to be like to play the computer in a computer game for me. Yeah, it really is. Have you heard of the tabletop game Paranoia? No, tell me about it. Okay, so paranoia is really interesting. Imagine, uh, basically, it, it's a uh, um, 
I would say, an Orwellian dystopian future in which you are a troubleshooter equipped with a gun to shoot trouble. It's very uh, uh, Douglas Adams, kind of cartoonishly comical. There, there's a bunch of like stupid bureaucracy that goes on. <laughs> and and uh, effectively, it's, I mean, for like an improv guy, it's, it's perfect. The, and if you read the, uh, the Game Master's Manual of it, it to, to boil it all down, basically, it says whatever the most interesting or fun outcome is, that is what happens. That's really that's a very good rule because yeah. I'm I mean like you know I think some people forget that the point of this is to like experience the craziest wildest possible encounter mm-hmm. you know that's like that like still makes logical sense but I love the I love the idea that like it's baked into the rules that you have to do something interesting and crazy and cool. Yeah, insanity is baked into the game. I mean, you you have clones so that if you transgress any of the myriad of just stupid uh, (laughs) rules, you're immediately considered like a communist and killed. And then one of your clones is is, uh, deployed because, well, maybe the previous clone that you were was defective. Yes. Wow, that's cool. That sounds friggin' awesome. Oh, it's an amazing game. How long have you been playing tabletop games for? So I am turning 40 this year, Mm -hmm. and I will have been DMing games since I was 14, let's say. Whoa, okay, so so like like twice as long. You've been DMing twice as long as you've been alive. And then some. That's really cool, actually. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. So it's funny, you know, like... uh, that's something I, I should do. I should spin up a paranoia game. And what's fun, the best thing about paranoia, too, is you read through the rule book, you get to a page, and it says, okay, hand it to the players. Now the players start reading, and it's like, look, you're not supposed to know the rules. Knowing the rules is treason. You just do whatever. <laughs> and and, and the, uh, the game master plays through kind of a, uh, uh, a malevolent AI known as friend computer. <laughs> so... It's it's wonderful, man. I'd love to put something like that together, just as a podcast one of these days. That's well, well, that sounds cool as hell. I mean, I'm sure, like, like it's that is definitely a system that I have not heard played on a podcast. So that sounds really cool. I'll shoot you a link to a really good podcast episode that covers one of them. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. So I floated it out there though for my podcast. I, I reach out to people that I think are interesting. Uh, or entertaining, or, or just have unique voices or takes. And I asked them a simple question, which is, hey, is there something in the world of horror that you find uh, uh, personally compelling in any way, or that might have been formative? It doesn't even have to be good or bad or anything like that. Just completely free reign to, to, the, uh, to the guest. And, and Asterios, I, I floated this question out to you. And you came back to me with Friday the 13th on NES. <laughs> Yes, the Friday the 13th Nintendo game is like something that is always like haunted and terrified me and like it it took up like a lot of mental space when I was a kid and um yeah I I mean most horror I just like on purpose like did not fuck with at all. Okay. Like even the commercials, I, like, sometimes wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Like, if a commercial for, like, a Child's Play movie came on, like, mm-hmm. I had to change the channel, like, real quick before oh, wow. 
Uh, I, you, Chucky scared the shit out of me. And, you know, stuff with Freddy Krueger and stuff. Like, even the, the, the Simpson Treehouse of Horror episodes would, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. scare the living shit. I was a very easy to scare child. And um, and then one day I'm over at a friend's house and I'm playing the this Friday the Thirteenth game, and it is it is so so terrifying. Have you ever played it or do you have any experience with it? So what's funny is that this is the Bloody Bits horror show, and Bloody Bits has been a brand that I've toyed with since man probably 2007. Mm-hmm. And the original intent is I had two things I I, I love and wanted to talk about. Bloody, horror, bits, retro games. Oh, okay. I am a massive retro gamer. I just, just counting NES games, not counting duplicates, I have over 300 cartridges just wow. sitting in the living room right now. That's awesome. I have a massive, massive collection. And so, yeah, I've absolutely played Friday the 13th on NES. Oh, okay, okay, good. Like, um... I mean, well, okay, so the, so the first thing that's terrifying about it is that you are, like, actively being stalked by Jason, and you don't know when, like, like, like sometimes you just encounter him by complete surprise, and so it, it really does put you in the shoes of a character in one of these movies, where it's just, like, um, you know, behind any corner behind any tree or whatever like you might just like run into fucking jason and um and he also looks great for a nintendo game he looks really good like the mask is very well rendered he they 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 like they represent him as big and massive which of course you know he was in the in the in the uh you know in the movies in the series yeah yeah in in the series like I know like when they eventually like rebooted Friday the 13th the actor that played Sabretooth in the X-Men movies played Mm -hmm. Jason like a seven foot tall monster man yeah yeah I mean that's how you want him to be represented on on film is you you just want this slow moving unstoppable force and another thing I find very interesting about this is so so this game actually came out uh way back in the day it would have been I believe it was 1989 that this game was released right and for that time period there really weren't a lot of survival horror games proper. Yes, that's correct. So absolutely correct. In in Japan, you had like Sweet Home, which is what the Resident Evil series kind of came off of. Uh, but but here in America, I mean, I think maybe Haunted House on Atari, you could consider that, but but barely. I mean, barely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so interesting. Like, I never even like I've I've never thought about it so deeply that I considered that. Oh, right. It's definitely a it's definitely a survival horror game. And like one of the, I mean, see, see, like that's the that's the thing that I think makes it particularly creepy is that it's unlike any other Nintendo game you would have been likely to encounter. You know, yeah. like like you play. Let's say you're playing Mario Brothers. You can beat Bowser if you're playing like Mario Brothers One, you know, yeah. even Mario Brothers Two, Mario Brothers Three. Like it might be difficult, but like you can beat Bowser. Um, if you are not properly armed and properly powerful enough, 
running into Jason is, it is like mathematically impossible to defeat him. Oh, yeah. And even to, to the degree where sometimes when you encounter him, even if you do quote unquote defeat him, you haven't defeated him. He will return. Yes. He is this persistent stalking malevolent force that's akin to like uh, resident evil nemesis yes you know or or a pyramid head so and, and the reason i would call this survival horror because that's kind of a nebulous term right because then you get into the territory of well the later resident evil games that are more shootery would you call that survival horror and i think it was actually uh chris kohler who used to write for wired magazine in a in a uh podcast retro knots where they cover retro video games uh, he came up with what i think is the best definition of survival horror and that is any game which uses uh, a fear of taking action or dread as a, a gameplay mechanic oh that's really smart yeah yeah and maybe not so much when you're in the side scrolling sections of this game but certainly when you go into the the cabins you you have this fear of what's around that corner yes you know and, and, uh, and, and like, you know, something like something else that is interesting that like, you know, that your listeners, if they're unfamiliar with the game is there is like a I don't want to say first person shoot, but there's like a 3D navigational mechanic. Mm -hmm. Like, like make, as a video game person, like you could probably describe yeah. it better than I could. Sure. So uh, I guess what I would say here is, um, man. Just, just to kind of give it a little bit of context is this, this is a uh, survival horror game came out on the, on the NAS. It was actually developed by Atlas, who would go on later to create the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona series of games. I, I had no idea it was an Atlas game. That actually makes a lot of sense because it's really intelligently put together. Yeah, yeah. But this was, it was released uh, as an LJN game, the, the publisher. Mm -hmm. uh, however... At the time, though, uh, Atlas really, they weren't releasing their own games. They'd done uh, this game Gotcha, which was just like a basic paintball zapper kind of game. Mm -hmm. uh, they did Karate Kid on NES, um, Arkanoid, and TNC Surf Design, if you ever played any of those. I, TNC Surf Design, I know, is a game that a lot of gamers like. Um, it was I, pretty good. I, I, like, Arkanoid, I'm familiar with Arkanoid for the Game Boy, and like, I'm familiar with mm -hmm. like the general concept, but like, I don't know, but I, I'm, I, don't know that I know like about the specific Nintendo version. Yeah, they're they're pretty similar, you know. Uh, so yeah, and, and as I kind of alluded to, this was published by the now infamous publisher LJN, which uh, has probably uh, that that is a horse that has been beaten to death on the right. internet. Yes. Um, they the but the the company of LJN was a toy company, and and they just they were sitting on all of these licenses that they could just use to release games so basically if a simpsons game came out if any anything that was big in the, the public zeitgeist or pop culture any of any game comes out that was just kind of a slapdash uh, thing by them but th but they would use different developers and, and luckily for this one they used atlas so to to what you're talking about with the way the gameplay is broken out and it's really interesting you've got uh the overworld let's say where it is a side-scrolling kind of gameplay but Unlike a lot of NES games, instead of going just from the left to the right, you're kind of given free freedom to go either direction, uh, as well as th there are multiple camp counselors that you can switch between and play as, and they all have different kind of unique stats, like some of them move faster or able to throw the weapons further, or th there's actually scenes where you're rowing in a boat, and, and they can actually, some of them row a little faster or have more hit points, but... 
to what you're talking about with this first person mode. They kind of did this in the Goonies 2 video game mm. on NES, in that when you enter a building, you you go into a first person perspective uh, maze, you know, like a shadow gate kind of a game, maybe, or uninvited, where there's a context menu to the side saying, you know, take, use, leave, things like that. And you're, you're given, when you first start the game, the note of light the fires to keep Jason out of the cabins, right? And, and that's kind of a vague direction. Uh, but then everything after that is, is you running around and, and trying to gather weapons and, yeah, try to solve the mystery of, of Crystal Lake. So uh, The thing that scared me a lot as a kid was the the like kind of moral realization that the only way to beat Jason be oh, oh, okay okay so, so so like this is what's up in the game like you know you, like 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 you know there's a bunch of camp counselors and you can play as any of them um you are given alerts throughout the game that like certain counselors are in danger yeah and so you know well you know what like if you're playing a video game what do you want to do like well you want to rush over there and save them but the thing is, like, if you rush over and save every counselor, then you will never be strong enough to beat Jason. And ultimately, right. all the counselors will die. So the scary thing about this game is, like, the game is alerting you, like, Jason's about to kill this counselor. Jason's about to kill this counselor. And you have to just ignore those pleas for help and let these counselors die so yeah. that ultimately you can save more counselors at the like at like at the end of the day and it's this like it's to, to like a child it's like a very scary moral puzzle well, yeah, they're giving you the meme of the train track where you've yes! got to flip the switch but in a video and it's actually a little bit more devious than that not only does he randomly attack these counselors that you leave in the different cabins but there are children yes! that you are in charge of protecting and there's a finite number like oh no our children gauge is going down yes because <laughs> he's just you get an alarm and it says, look, you got 60 seconds to get to the kids. And there's, I believe, like 15 or 20. I don't remember the number. But if he kills all of the kids, it's game over. So you have to protect them. Right. But the, I'm sorry. That's what I was thinking of. Like, the only way to win the game is to let Jason kill a certain amount of kids. Mm -hmm. Is that, like, like, that was the conclusion I came to as a child. Is that, like, like... Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Like, there's, there's no way you're, you're going to accomplish it, like, unless you have, like, a game genie or something. Right, exactly, which is, like, bullshit. I mean, that's not, you know, that's yeah. not what we're talking about. That's cheating. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing that's interesting, it, it had the night-day cycle as yes. well. Which, you know, you saw that, like, in uh, Castlevania two back in the day, th things like that. And, and there was also a sense of time in that... One of the only ways to, to actually, like you were saying, to, to gain enough power to kill Jason is you have to go and get a more powerful weapon. Yes. Um, the pitchfork, right? Because I think this was a callback to Friday the 13th, 4, if I'm not mistaken, that he was killed with a pitchfork. Oh, no, it was 3, sorry. Um, 4 it was the, the machete to the head by Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but uh, 
So, so the only way to get the pitchfork, though, is you have to wait until the third day. Right. So there's, there's a counter of days going on. There's actually a lot of really intelligent things going on behind the scenes in this game. Um, the, the problem is, though, that it's not, it doesn't really tell you, you know? <laughs> it's, there's a, some hints occasionally, but you don't really, unless you kind of have a guide, you don't really know. Right. And, and, and like, that's, you know, another one of the things that made this so scary is like, you know, well, as a, we didn't have like the internet as kids, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, like we couldn't go on YouTube and see a playthrough. We couldn't, um, you know, go to gamefacts.com. Yeah. So, so like the, so as a kid, you know, and because things that are mystifying are scary as a kid, you even get like scared of the cartridge. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. everything about this is scary. This is so scary. Like, 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 like counselors are dying left and right. Kids are dying left and right. There's nothing I can do. I'll never be strong enough. And then don't you have to, like, fight Jason's mom after you beat Jason? Well, if you want to beat Jason, you, you first actually have to fight Right, you've his... got to find her in a cave or something. Yeah, it's not just his mom. It's his mom's head. Yes! Oh, God. His mom's disembodied, floating around like Medusa head. Yes. Which I guess is a callback to part two. Yeah, it's man. So so they, I mean, they really, and this is on Nintendo, which was, you know, the family-friendly cons at the time. So there's not a lot of blood or anything, and it is, like, kind of fantastical with all the different zombies and birds flying around. You know, your standard Nintendo game where everything you see in nature is trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes, exactly. Yeah, but uh, it, it's... And then if you kill the mom on the third day, you get the pitchfork and her sweater so that you can wear her sweater, because this is, again, a callback to, to Friday the 13th too. You wear the mom's sweater, and then Jason is, does less damage to you when he attacks you. Yeah, yeah, and it's a callback to the movie because the, the uh, final girl wore the mom's sweater and started yelling at Jason like the mom would. Oh, right, know? yes. So he, he backed off. So it's funny because, like, they knew the source material, the people that were, that were designing the game. I don't know. Then you have a purple Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's true. That's true. You were kind of limited by the technology, you know, on the Nintendo. And you're absolutely right there. Like, it looks great. I still think he looked cool. I mean, you're 100% right that he is. He he is purple. And it looks like he's kind of wearing like a garbage man's outfit. But I still think that was cool. You're not wrong. I mean, he looked great, though, in, in the especially in the first person. And it was actually almost like a Mike Tyson's punch out when yes. you're fighting him in there because you can like dodge out of the way and throw the rock or the, the fire or whatever at him. But, uh, you know, and you're not you're not alone in loving that look uh, the toy company NECA, the National Entertainment Collectible Association. Mm-hmm. They they in 2013 released an exclusive Jason figurine that they called the video game style Jason that was the turquoise and purple color palette. That is cool as hell. And I'm sure yeah. that sold out immediately at whatever Comic-Con it exclusive yep. that. It was at San Diego Comic-Con. And if you want to get one right now, they're about $180 on eBay. So oh forget about it. Good. Mysterios, like, you can have your own piece of the, the Jason, the retro Jason right now, if you want. Oh, tell me how. So, you know, the uh, Ilphonics Friday the 13th video. Uh, do you play many video games nowadays? No, not, n- not really. Like, not really. Um, like, like I like I played a few video games to death, but I did not play like a ton of different games. OK, 
So now there is a Friday the 13th game that's a uh, kind of an asymmetric competitive game cool. where four people get together and play as council. There is one person plays as Jason and you have to either escape the, the map to, to get away from him or if you're Jason, you have to kill everybody. So the developers, Ilphonic, in 2017, released the retro Jason skin based, <laughs> based on the awesome. game. And so it just looks ridiculous. And, and it's because fans were, were complaining to them so much about how buggy the game was. So they're like, we're sorry, here's a free skin pack. So, like, what, what, a, great, what a great way to, to handle the PR, man. My favorite kinds of games are those, like, weird asymmetrical games or those games where, like, it's everybody playing against the board itself. Yeah. Um, I like I really love that stuff. Um, like like that like the Battlestar Galactica RPG where like two people are secretly Cylons. Oh yeah. And um and and you know and you may and just like in the show like you may not even know you're a Cylon until halfway through the game. Like like you might be a Cylon sleeper agent. Um, I like like those kinds of games are are so much fun to me. I really like the I like those. I like. I like single-player deck-building games, like Oof. Slay the Spire. Oh my god, I was just gonna say, Slay the Spire is incredible. Yeah, yeah, I, I just something that, like, like something about those, like, like traditional yet non-traditional, be, mm -hmm. because like with Magic the Gathering or the Pokemon card game, it's just like, look, I'm not as good as whoever else is at the comic book store. Like, right. I'm not. I'm gonna get no. killed. I promise you, I'm going to get killed. So it's kind of like fun to play some of those like uh, those like asymmetric or weirdo games. Yeah, no, they're they're a blast, man, and especially that like the the newest one is the Dead by Daylight game. It's kind of kind of the same thing, but they have like I mean they have the different characters from Saw and Nightmare on Elm Street and, and all sorts of stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, those are definitely enjoyable. But so now I'm curious. So as a young Asterios, mm -hmm. you you were you were a little bit of a fraidy cat, oh, you could yes, say. I still yeah. am as an adult. <laughs> Okay, it's what I was just going to ask you. Still, horror still gets you. I I just it it I, I like I get it. Like it's like fun to ride a roller coaster, mm -hmm. you know. And it's kind of like the same thing. It's just a roller coaster won't stick with me for like weeks. Like I never even saw um, open water. I just read, like, <laughs> spoilers of it, and I read, yeah. like, Roger Ebert's review, and I still think about that ending sometimes. Like, um, I go out of my way to read all of the spoilers for popular horror movies because it's like, well, okay. I'm a comedian. I kind of got to know, like, what happens in the Saw movies. And, like, well, do you? Well, I mean... <laughs> I, it's, it's just to wreck. It's like you got to know shit to yeah. reference shit. I mean, not now, obviously, but, like, back in the day. So, like, I, like, know what ha I know, like, Jigsaw and, I, you know, I, I, like, I know what happens, like, in uh, A Quiet Place and, I, yeah. like, 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 I know a lot of this stuff. Like, even that knowledge is terrifying to me. I hate that I have that in my head. It's so scary. <laughs> so what's the last horror movie you watched then, like, like all the way through? Oh, my God. I'm, I don't know, Jaws? 
Whoa. When I was really? like very young. Probably. So you haven't even seen like Get Out. Oh God, I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. I won't. I won't. Look, especially if there's social commentary, wow. then I double won't watch it because it's like, oh God, like not only is this monster scary, but also like intractable systemic racism. It's like that's yeah. all. That's also now I got to be scared of everything that's happening. Right. I mean, at least with with Jason, you can shut the TV off and you're like, there isn't some fucking dude in a hockey mask that came out of Camp Crystal Lake. It's going to kill me. But, you know, you, you shut off, get out and you're like, damn, maybe suburbs are scary. If you're a black guy, that <laughs> I sucks. I know. It's exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It's like, it's like, oh, I can't, you know. And then, and what was the, what was like the follow up to get out? It was, Us. um, us yeah yeah like i read like the entire i read like every single spoiler about us and the people that live under the ground and like how it's like oh it, the twist ending was like she was one of those people and it's just like mm -hmm. i'm so scared though <laughs> it scares me so much to know this stupid horse shit i don't like that i know it so that's <laughs> interesting man just Jaws was the last horror movie you yeah, saw. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I really like Wes Anderson because it's kind of like at yeah. the end of a Wes Anderson movie, everybody gets along. Like, you watch the end of Rushmore and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, all in the, they're all in the play together. Like, you're like, you, well, like you watch the end of, uh, of the Royal Tenenbaums and like Gene Hackman's dying in that, in that ambulance and everybody's like sad that he's dying even though he said a super racist thing to Danny Glover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Pretended to have cancer. It's just like, Ugh. or like movies like, um, like movies like, uh, what is it? Uh, the, um, Groundhog's Day. Like, I like, yeah. I like those movies. I like when an asshole gets redeemed. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that's my jam. <laughs> so, you know what? If you one of them that might be fun for you mm -hmm. is there was a movie that came out kind of recently called Happy Death Day. Oh, God, no. Oh. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I saw the thing where the guys, the top of the guy's head's cut off. Oh, no. Happy Death Day is brilliant because it's, it's just what if Groundhog's Day took place in a horror movie, oh. right? So the, the lady gets up and she's kind of a piece of shit. And somebody just kills her. And then she wakes up and it's the exact same scenario over and over until she figures out who it was that killed her and why. So that she can prevent it from happening. It's uh, like a, I think it's like a PG-13 movie too. Because, and it's pretty clever because when somebody is about to kill her, she wakes up. So you don't have oh, the blood, scary. you don't have the, yeah, yeah. But, but then eventually, and it's not really too much of a spoiler, but like, she starts feeling like shit and finds out that it's like she has these kind of phantom wounds. Oh, that right. Are she has like weird over. scars and stuff. Yes. 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 And the x ray. It's so I think if, if you wanted to dip your toe into it. I don't. I'm telling you okay. right now, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. I get that you not love this you. genre and you have a whole podcast about it. Absolutely yeah. not. Life is so fucking scary. Oh, my goodness. It's like yeah, it's we scary have to, enough for you. It's like. It's like, we have to save for retirement because no one will take care of us. Like, the state yeah. won't take care of us. No one will take care of us. Like, I don't have so, kids. What am I going to do? That's terrifying. I'm going to watch a Wes Anderson movie, thanks. So what's interesting is a large portion of my 
listenership, mm -hmm. uh, not not the majority, mm -hmm. but but is is female. Oh, and you'll find sense. that in true crime horror ish podcasts, that's very true. And a lot of it, and a lot of the reason why people enjoy horror is, is I've found that they like to experience that kind of a dread or that kind of a terror. But like you said, a roller coaster. It's right, in a, in a safe in a environment. safe, controlled setting. Yeah, yeah. But for you, it sticks with you no, too much. I, it, I would, no, no. It's like, I can't control that shit. I can't. <laughs> Look, if I could control my thoughts, I wouldn't have so many mental problems. But I can't. It's a yeah, roller coaster a that I point. can't get off, and it's just like, ooh, scary. Um, yeah. the, the, the true crime thing is even weirder to me that, like, true crime is, like, the most super popular thing on Earth. Because it's just like, well, that's even worse than a horror movie. Yo, yeah, because it's just somebody reading a Wikipedia article about how a guy tortures people. Yes. And it's like, I don't, man, I don't need that. <laughs> Come and then on. they, like, riff on it. Yeah, you know, oh like, I, like I mean, you know, my favorite murder is it's 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 you know, uh, what is, Laurie Kilmartin's like one of the Mister Show people. So oh yeah, you yeah. know, so so it's kind of like yeah, I get it. It's like, you know, it's probably a lot of riffing on like oh John Wayne Gacy you passed the salt oh these uh, maybe if these clown pictures had been better uh, and it's just like I don't <laughs> I don't yeah. want to get riffing on this <laughs> I yeah. want to go home. That's rough, man. Yeah, that's so I, I was gonna I was gonna recommend a D and D podcast, but they they do the Curse of Strahd oh, well, module, so that might okay. that might well, be a little too scary for you. They'd be Dracula, <laughs> I assume, unless their unless their DM is a real asshole. I assume they'd be. Well, yeah, I mean, you can never really be. I, okay, that's Dracula. true. But look, end of session. Look, if we yeah, can yeah. somehow no, close the session, true. buddy Dracula, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. As long as there's a happy ending, then I guess that's all you need, right? Yeah, I mean, for me. And ideally, like a happy beginning and a happy middle would be great, too. Yeah. So usually uh, when I'm closing out a subject with, with the uh, with the guest, what I'll ask them for is we've spoiled the movie for you or, or the video game in this sense that you now kind of have experienced it. You know everything about it. So why would you go out and watch it or play it now? True. Right. So what I usually like to ask the guest is, is there something else if they want a little bit more? Like if they went out, they played the Friday the 13th game, which I would recommend that they should do. Um, go ahead and just break the law and get an emulator yes. and, and download it or whatever. Because, you know, if you can make infinite copies of something for free, then what value can you really put on it? Mm -hmm. And Plus, look, everyone that really... developed the game is dead. So have fun. Yeah, they all they all got drowned in, in Crystal Lake. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the, so uh, I, w I would ask you, first of all, you would probably recommend not to play the game. <laughs> no, I would say what you should do is you should watch, like, YouTube selects of it. Watch, like, a YouTuber play it. Watch somebody do, like, an interesting breakdown because the visuals are very yeah. compelling, especially for their time. But like they're all, I would I would argue that they're also compelling now. Like um, mm -hmm. it's you know it's just it's really interesting shit. Um, so so I think it's I think it's like worth a, I think it's worth your time and attention. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of some that I might recommend. Yeah, uh, I mean you know speaking of horror, uh, Three Jokers just came out, which is okay. this comic book that that has been teased for, I don't know, like five years now. Like, um, like, like, uh, Batman gets a hold of a mother box 
And okay. a mother box is like a supercomputer from the planet Apocalypse, spelled with a K. Okay. And Batman, and like this computer has like the answers, the galaxies. And so like mm. Batman gets his hands on a mother box. And he's like, and he's, and he asks the computer like, what is the Joker's secret identity? Because okay. he's like, well, if I knew this, maybe I could find a way to like fix whatever the hell is wrong with this, this cuckoo bird's head. Right. And the computer goes, which Joker? Ah, and, shit. And Batman goes... How many Jokers are there? And the computer goes, there are three Jokers. And then, I don't know, the computer shorts out or some crap out, I don't know, aliens attack or something. And so, like, for five years, we've been like, what the, what the hell do you mean there's three Jokers? What does this mean? Who are the yeah. three Jokers? What's going on? And, find, and like, whatever book the answers, were, the answers were supposed to be in got delayed, delayed, delayed. And then COVID happened and delayed, delayed. And finally, three Jokers landed. And I read issue one of it, and it is fantastic. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a... Really? Yeah, it's like a great Batman book, just in general. Oh, cool. um, I am not like a... I'm not a, a crazy weekly reader of the DC continuity, just because, like, well, there's too mm -hmm. much, you know? I read, oh, yeah. like... You know, if someone says, like, Infinite Crisis or Final Crisis is good, like, you know, I'll pick up, like, a big trade paperback or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, but I would recommend to your listeners that they check out Three Jokers. It's uh, it's it's very good. Sounds interesting. Yeah. What did, what did you think of the recent Joker movie that came out? Oh, I I'm not that's seeing a... that. Are you crazy? What? I'm not. Oh, what, I got to watch a... I gotta watch a, 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 a talk shows get shot in the head because he interviewed a crazy guy, like. Yeah, and then that's okay. another one of those things where it's just like, oh, the the real villain is is a society that doesn't care for the mentally that's ill, true. and it's like, yeah. yeah, don't you think I know that? Don't you think I know how hard it is to access medical care in America? Like, yeah. let alone in the 1970s, like... Gotcha, yep. Like, I'm not wanting that <laughs> so shit. So that's tailor-made not for you, yes. is what it sounds like. Oh, Jesus. I read, uh, clearly, I read all the spoilers for it. Oh, clearly, no. I mean, if you want to be informed about your decision, you yeah, kind of have to. Man. Yeah, so, so that. You have, like, the, you're the horror equivalent to me in Star Wars. So I, I did not see any Star Wars movies until... Episode one came out in theater. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, uh, my, my friend was like, Eddie, because he's, he's a member of the 501st. He's cool. like, uh, yeah, like he's the Star Wars guy. He's like, man, you got to see it. You got to you gotta see all these Star Wars. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. He's all right, episode one's coming out. This is going to be perfect. They're the prequels. You, you should go. So we'll go opening day. We'll go to the theater and watch it. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we, you know, round up our friends. We go to the theater and I'm watching it and I'm like, this isn't very good. And I look at him and I'm like, hey, man, thanks for telling me to come see this. You're right. This Star Wars is awesome. And he's just kind of processing at the time. No, it took us. It, it, look, it took us until Red Letter Media to. Yeah. It took like a guy to explain to us why we didn't like those movies. Yeah. So I saw episode one, two and three. And then I was like, I think that's enough for me. I'm just not going to watch the original trilogy. Uh, until I was like 30, <laughs> then I, I ended up finally watching them. And I, you know, maybe it's because I didn't see them when I was young enough. Maybe that's the problem. So it just never hit that appeal for me. I think that, I think being like in your mid perfect time to see episodes. Like yeah, when I was you young, so? I tried to watch, I would try to watch the series, Star Trek The Origin, and mm. it, it just felt old and sh Right. For me, 
but like like you know, I was like super in the next generation. So I'd go like, all right, well, I should check out like this Spock thing. I'm like, I yeah. But mm-hmm. but then when I hit my mid thirties, I started watching them again, and like as an adult, you can kind of like forgive that production value, and you can kind of like look stuff kind of more rationally. Yeah. You could be like, yeah, that was the sixties. Like they didn't have any money. But these are yeah. and, and but then it's like. But like once you could kind of forgive that, it's the best. It's like the best single best Star Trek series. Like it's really good. It's really tight and clever, and the acting is great, and the writing is great. And um, I, I kind of feel like the same for those old Star Wars movies. I feel like if you showed a little kid like Star Wars, be so goddamn bored. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, it was also kind of the style of film that they used to make. Oh, you know, it's a little longer. A little. It was. It was meant to be seen in like a big screen or, or in a drive-in. It's kind of an experience. Yeah, there's yeah, a half I, hour where robots just walk around in the desert lost. It's like a <laughs> like 2001, like yes. all these long tracking shots. So you've never seen The Shining? No, no, no. You've never? Wow. Oh, 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 yeah. Hey, hey, let's have a, let's have a, 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 a fun Friday. Wait, what's the name of the, what's the name of the, of the uh, African-American gentleman who gets murdered in the maze? <laughs> oh, poor Scatman! Yeah, it's yeah, it's just like it's Friday night. Let's watch Scatman Carruthers get murdered. That's how that sounds great. Oh yeah, yeah, pass the pop, pass the butter. Well, let's. But you'll watch like Kill Bill, right? Yeah, that lady's eyes got pulled out of her head. <laughs> so you just don't like the violence either. I don't like. Uh, but, okay. but then, but then also, I also don't like suspense or like. There's that movie that came out, uh, Compliance, mm-hmm. where they're like making a. Lady take her clothes off, and it's like, oh, how could, let's test, like, hell, did you trust someone who said this on the phone? And Ugh. let's talk about society's compliance. And like, that's not really scary. Yeah, I don't know that one in particular. Uh, that sounds challenging. Yeah, or, or like movies where it's like, well, look, you don't see the homeless guy get hit by the car, but he's on the car for most of the movie, and it's like, ugh, right. so scary. So, so that's interesting. So then you're, wow, so then don't just, like just concept. You... I don't like grass par concept they stick in my head like landmine yeah yeah so like but through i i would assume you know reading all the spoilers and everything from the shining is as well as like you said the treehouse of horrors just through cultural osmosis like you you don't need to see it at some point and that's that's how i was with the the uh the original star wars series until i'd seen them i was like i don't i don't think i need to see (laughs) like i think i know what happened but i mean they're enjoyable it's just i don't know if i'm gonna if i'm gonna watch like a space fantasy thing i think the thing i liked the most um was uh, was the serenity the that series firefly yeah yeah yeah, Firefly. That was good. My wife introduced me to that, one, so that's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I've only seen a couple episodes of Firefly. Um, my girlfriend was like, "Let's watch, let's watch Firefly. I want to try it." And I was like, "I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, I've never seen it." And then, like, after halfway through the first episode, my girlfriend, this dialogue is terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess we're not watching this." I mean, yeah, look, it's it's a, it's a very affected, but I still like yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Mal Reynolds and. The brown coat, and we, you know, we were on the losing side, still not convinced it's the wrong one, and I like all that stuff. See, I just want to keep picking your brain with horror stuff that I know you I'm did here or didn't. All night. Okay, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, no! I don't How, get what? that, and I How? get it. Oh, it's. Look, and I even like. 
I like what's his name from the West Wing too. Actually, I like yeah, both yeah. of those actors. I think they're both yeah, very funny. Eric from Billy Madison. Yes. He's great. Yeah, I, I, like, I like both of those. And I get it. It's like a whole. It's like a meta, meta commentary on it. Mm. And then, and in Japan, they beat the ghost. And then, and they're trying to stop the apocalypse. It's just like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I, what? It's like, oh, great, like a metatextual dissection of a genre I'm not interested in. Oh, yeah, let, oh, oh, let's, oh, let's gather around. Oh, this really a... redefines what it means to be the final girl. It's like, <laughs> this redefines what it means for me to not watch a movie. No, I'm not doing this. Is there, is there any you feel bad, like you wish you could just like say, man, I wish I could just watch this. I wish I could just like get past something in my head and watch it because maybe it's like culturally important or you think like on paper it just it's something you'd be into i mean the only movie that i think the only the, the first movie that comes to mind is the shining because like it's jack nicholson who's amazing mm -hmm. and it's directed shelly duvall incredible performance who's like who's like like shelly duvall who kills it every single time mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's directed by what's his name the guy Kubrick. It's directed by Stanley Kubrick. Mm -hmm. and it's just, Stephen King. It's, it's, it's written by Stephen King. And then also, like, Stephen King hates it, which makes me like it more. Because, <laughs> like, look, I like Stephen King. I like him on Twitter. Politically, he's an amazing person. Yeah, I yeah, think he's yeah. politically great. It's just, you know, you get the sense that he's like, an, he is like a mass hole. He's like the, he's like yeah, the, the classic, yeah. like, grump. And then, like, when he got to make his The Shining for ABC television, he's like, mm. this is the good Shining. And you know what? I even like Stephen Weber a lot. I think Stephen mm. Weber's great. I liked him on Wings. I liked him on Studio 60. I like him on Mom. Like, if Stephen Weber shows up, I'm more interested like, I'm not watching Weber Shining. Sorry, I'm not going to do it. And the more that, and the more that Stephen King tells me it's great, the more I'm not going to watch it. I, I don't know. It's just, it's like eh. my my favorite Stephen King tidbit mm -hmm. is that when he the one movie he did direct, Maximum Overdrive, yes. he doesn't even remember directing. He was so coked out of his brain. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, by the way, very convenient. Steve, yeah. very convenient. Steve. <laughs> oh, I don't remember any of this. I was on drugs. It's like, you know. Yeah. You I could just I could, say like, you don't know how to direct a movie and you made yeah. a mistake and, like, maybe you were in over your head. Like, instead of this laugh line you've come up with about drugs. It's like... Yeah, I wish I could forget the first two episodes of the podcast that I made because I was on drugs. But, uh... Look, drugs are <laughs> That'd be convenient. Look, drugs are... Look, drugs are fantastic. But it's like, Stephen, you, sw you swing and you missed. Just own yeah. it. Just go like, yeah, I probably uh, should not. I was real high in my own supply. I was I was turning out like Stephen King novels with my left hand and Richard Bachman novels with my yeah. right hand. Someone asked me if I wanted to direct something and I said yes and I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love it. It's really bad, but in my favorite way. So it, um, that's stupid. The trucks coming alive to kill people. Yeah, can you just, just watch? Do you want to watch like a truck movie? Yeah, or you can watch uh, Gotcha if you want Burt Reynolds in it. It's, it's always good. Go watch a Transformers movie. Or go see Truckasaurus fight Gravedigger. <laughs> now there's some horror I can get into. Oh, okay. I guess I will say this. I guess uh -oh. I will say this. And, and unfortunately, okay. I have to go in a minute if that's okay. That's fine. But um, I do really like the Crypt a lot. Oh, yeah? I think the Crypt Keeper. When I was, you... a, when I was a kid, you know, they would play like... They would play... Uh, 
what was that? What the hell is the Crypt Keef BO? Well, Tales from the Crypt. They would play Tales from the Crypt like uh, on Fox, like mm-hmm. mid midnight sometimes. Like it entered syndication. Yeah. And I would like watch the Crypt Keeper, and I would watch him do his gags. Mm-hmm. And then the moment the show started, I would immediately turn it off. Wow. And I'd be like, I'm going to wait 29 minutes, see him, see him wish me a good fright instead of a good night. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. You know, to wait for some scare-raising tales. You know, I can't wait. Like, 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 be told that this next tale is really dot 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 killer, and then you got to imagine that that was delivered a lot more emphatically. It's like mm-hmm. I do like that. I like that keeper. I like that skeleton guy because he just wants to like. He just wants laughs. Yeah, and it's no, like, he's a, a funny guy. I'm a comedian, so do I. I just want. I just want people to. And the thing is, he has like. He has an identity and a gimmick, and, and he sticks with it. And look, if you're not into it, you're not into it. But, like, if you're into it, he's not only the only game in town, but he's the best game in town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Far and away, but probably except for maybe Elvira or Joe Bob Briggs, one of the best horses, the Crypt Keeper. So I've got a recommendation for you then. Go on YouTube and look up Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House. Is it the Imagine- cartoon? No, okay. it's like Nickelodeon guts, but ha- but hosted by the Crypt Keeper. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, what is it called? It's called Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House. It aired on um, uh, CBS Saturday mornings in 1996. Oh, God. <laughs> it's right. exactly what you want. It's the Crypt Keeper, and he's hopping and bopping, and he's making all the great punny jokes, and then you get to see people throw medicine balls at little kids. What's not to love? Right, at fireball. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's yeah. Haunted House. Mm-hmm. Received a daytime Emmy nomination for outstanding game show, losing to in 1997, losing to fellow CBS pro in The Price is Right. At the time, it was the only children's game show to be nominated in the category of outstanding game show. Well, yeah, how well, about that? And theme music composed by Danny Elfman. Okay, so they kept the classic. Mm-hmm. They paid to license it. I'll be goddamn. Yep, you got to check it out. Or what you can do is check out a uh, sister podcast to this called The Grind Bin that covers 70s exploitation films. We do a bonus episode on there that I commonly guest on covering one of these episodes. Fun stuff. But yeah, Asterios, uh, thank you for joining me tonight. I understand you got to go. It's a little later. Sorry. Uh, but this was no, so it's much okay. fun. It's okay. No, it's great, man. So uh, is there anything you want to plug before you go? Yeah, look, if you enjoyed uh, hearing me talk, then you'll love hearing me talk on my own podcast, The Loudest Podcast. It's a show where me and my co-host, Sarantia, we just do deep dives into internet weirdness. Um, I'm trying today's episode. On on today's episode, uh, we talked a lot about the all these idiots that take this political compass test and then come up with their own like fuck them political ideologies like Mm. minarchists and anarcho-capitalists and anarcho-communists and tankies and like all these like idiots with their like loud bullshit opinions about stupid fake governments that don't exist. And so we just make fun of these people for a half hour. And uh, you can hear us do that on The Loudest Podcast. You can find The Loudest Podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are. And thanks so much for having me on your show. 
Yeah, no, thank you for joining, and uh, we'll definitely have you back when we don't want to talk about horror. That would be great. Because <laughs> we're going to do some bonus stuff that's non-horror related. So, yes, there he is again. Thanks for joining, man. Right. And uh, this is how I end it. Yo, with your baby.